our series on James. James, a uh, blueprint for living the Christian life. Men, I need an amen. If you can't fix something with duct tape, then you're not using enough duct tape, right? Amen? Amen. One man in Alaska decided to test this theory. He had an uh, inflatable raft that needed a little repair work, so he repaired that raft with duct tape. And it held for about five minutes. And then it started leaking, and the Coast Guard had to come and rescue him and his dog. Here's my point this morning. A lot of people, a lot of people try to make it through life trusting their own makeshift schemes and plans. And then they wonder why they can't stay afloat. Go back to that uh, verse, verse number 17 of James chapter 1. What it say? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father life, with whom there's no variance or shadow due to change. Instead of blaming God for our problems, the Bible encourages us to praise God for our blessings. If you're going to pass the test of life, and those tests will come, and come out on the other side of your trials a better person and not a bitter person, then you need to look to the unchanging God. Take your focus off your problems and put your attention and your focus on God. God, God is not like the shadow of a sundial that constantly changing. He's not like the, the planets, the sun, the moon, where they change in regards to the earth. No, God. God is the unchanging creator of those lights. And he can always be counted on to give good gifts to his children, even when we have pain. We're talking this morning about perspective. It's this perspective that you need if you're going to come out a better person after your trials. Dr. Jamie Ayton is a researcher. He's also a cancer survivor. He has made this observation. Most of us, most of us operate from what uh, we call a just worldview. We tend to believe that if we are good, then good things were going to happen to us. But it's difficult then to make sense out of life when bad things happen to us like they did to Dr. Aiden. He went to the doctor with just a mild complaint. I got a little pain. The doctor did the test. The doctor came back and said, you have cancer. And he said, it was so hard for me to accept that, that I had cancer. I thought, well, I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? Why am I the one who has cancer? And he kept on thinking that until he talked to one of his colleagues. One of his colleagues had been working up in the Northeast during the, uh, the superstorm that we call Sandy. And in that superstorm, a lot of houses, a lot of buildings were destroyed. And they came across one man 
sitting in his house, and his roof had been blown off by the storm. And he's just sitting there. He's not upset. He's not angry. He's not mad. In fact, the man said this, Sometimes you have to lose the roof to see the stars. Dr. Aiden said he found meaning in his loss. According to Dr. Aiden, he says most disaster survivors have two different views of God. It's those who believe that God has saved them and those who believe that God is punishing them. They go through the same disaster, the same situation, but they have two very different views of God. And he found out that people who have a negative view of God are likely to struggle longer and deeper in their recovery. So Aten encourages his readers, even in the worst moments, look for the stars. Better yet, I would say this. Look beyond the stars to the one who made the stars. Look to the unchanging God who always gives good gifts to his children. God gave you a new life when you put your trust in Jesus and when you obeyed him. Verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Back in verse 15, James tells us that sin, sin brings death, but God, on the other hand, he gives birth to life, a new life in Christ. When you go through tough times, and we all do, at various points in our lives, please understand that God is not punishing you for your sins. No, God has already punished his own son on the cross for each and every one of our sins. Rather, God has saved you from your sins and has given you a new life. Therefore, the trials of life are not designed as punishment for sin, but as tools to help us grow in our new life in Christ. And what a great life it is. Look back at verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth. God caused you to be born again upon your obedience to his will. That means that God, he actually wanted you and I in his family. Picture this, a married couple who do not have children. They tried for years to conceive and, and their arms are empty and their hearts ache. But then comes word that they're pregnant and expecting and when that baby comes, their, their, their life is just filled with joy. That's God's attitude to, toward each and every one of us. God wanted each and every one of us. He caused you to be born again by his own will. So he caused you to be born again by his own word. Go back to verse 18. He brought us forth, how? By the word of truth. God's word is the word of truth. And it is absolutely essential in this new life that we have in Christ. 
The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to cause people to be born again. Romans 10, 17, Paul said, Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. It's not human words that cause life. It is God's Word. God calls you to be born again by His own will and by His own Word. So why? Why did God do this? Look back at verse 18 one more time. What does it say? We are the first fruits. The first fruits. The first fruits are the best fruits. The choicest fruits. God calls you and I to be born again so that we could be the best of all his creation. So that's the reason for the trials in your life and in my life. God designed them not to tear you down, but to build you up, to make you one of his best creatures. I don't believe it's the hurts, the blows or the bruises that rob us of the freshness of Christ's beauty in our lives. I think more likely it is the careless ease, the empty pride, the earthly preoccupations, and too much prosperity that will put layers of dirty films over all of our souls. You can take an old building that's been neglected. It's covered with dirt and film and, and grime. But then you can start sandblasting that building and cleaning up that building. And the sandblasting will reveal a, a beautiful building. God is sandblasting each and every one of our souls to make us all that we can be. If you want to pass the test of life and come out on the other side better and not bitter, then look to the unchanging God who gives good gifts and new life to those who depend on him. Don't stop there, though. Don't stop at just looking to God, but listen to what God has to say. I'm urging each and every one of us to pay attention to his word. Or to put it more bluntly, open your ears, shut your mouth, and hold your temper, because that's what the Bible says. Verse 19. Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. These verses right here, verse 19 and 20, is actually a summary of the entire book of James. James right here summarizes what he's going to talk about in the preceding, the following chapters. And eventually, we're going to get to all of this. But right now, let's take a brief look at it. If you want to come out on the other side of your trials, a better person and not a, better, a bitter person, first be quick to hear. Open your ears to what God has to say to you from his word and really listen to his words. Several years ago, Broadway producer Jed Harris 
became convinced that he was losing his hearing. So he visited a hearing specialist. The doctor reached in his pocket and pulled out an old-fashioned pocket watch that was ticking. The doctor said, can you hear that, Mr. Harris? Can you hear that ticking? Mr. Harris said, yes, I can hear that. So he walked over to the door and once again he turned to Mr. Harris and said, can you hear it ticking now? And he listened real closely. And he said, yes, I can still hear it ticking. So he opened the door to the examination room and stepped out in the hallway. He turned again to Mr. Harris and said, can you hear it ticking now? And he listened really closely, cupped his, his hand to his ears. He said, yes, I, I believe I can hear it ticking even now. To which the doctor said, Mr. Harris, there's nothing wrong with your hearing. You just don't listen. Ladies, does that describe anyone you know? Someone that hears but doesn't listen? It's bad enough when we do it to our maid or maybe to our parents. But it's worse when we do it to God. We get so busy with our agendas and our schedules that we squeeze God out of our plans and we end up not listening to God. Then we wonder why things go bad. Let me urge each and every one of us, let's listen to God. Second, he said, be slow to speak. In time of trouble, learn to control your tongue and shut your mouth before you stick your foot in it. Have you ever said something that you wish you hadn't said? Like the young man that got his first job at the supermarket, he was working in the produce area. And a, a lady came up to him and said, I'd like to buy a half a head of cabbage. Well, the young man tried to talk her out of that. He said, well, we can't do that. We can't sell you a, a half a head of cabbage. Finally, the young man said, I need to go talk to my manager. Stay right here. So he turns around and walks back to the back of the store. He didn't realize that the woman was still following him. He gets back to the back of the store and he sees his manager. He says, hey, sir, uh, there's an old lady out here. She's crazy and she wants to buy a half a head of cabbage. He notices a horrified look on his manager's face and he turns and he sees the woman standing right behind him. And then he adds, and this nice lady here like to buy the other half of the head. Is that okay? You see, your tongue... Your tongue can get you in a lot of trouble, especially when we go through hard times. Because when we go through hard times, we often end up blaming God. We say things that we don't mean in the heat of the moment. We say things that we later regret. So be like James says here. Be slow to speak. Think about what you want to say before you say it. If you want to come out on the other end, a better person, be number one, quick to hear. Number two, slow to speak. Number three, slow to anger. Hold your temper because your anger will not make things better. Look again at verse 20. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Your anger will make things worse and not better. In March of 
2017, a, a plane headed to Hawaii had to be diverted to Los Angeles. Why? Because one of the passengers had got into an argument with one of the flight attendants and said to the flight attendant, well, you need to be taken out behind the woodshed. I could show you a thing or two back there, make you a better person. They diverted the flight to Los Angeles. They kicked the men off the flight. The man did eventually make it to Hawaii on a different airline, on a different ticket. His anger did not help him. The anger of man does not make things right. In fact, it only makes things worse. So what do you do when you feel you've been wrong? Because sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel like it's not just. Sometimes we feel like that the world is against us. What do we do? We follow the advice of James. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, and let God handle the revenge. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't take matters into your own hands. Instead, look to the God who is always good, and he will handle it for you. Just trust in him and obey the Lord. It's the only way to get better and not bitter in our trials. What does the song say? Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay, not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. This morning, listen and obey the words of the Lord. Believe in him, Repent of your past, confess his name, be baptized for the remission of your sins. Most of us here have done that, praise and glory be to God. But as a Christian, do we need to seek his forgiveness? He will forgive, 1 John 1, 9. This church stands ready to pray with you and for you this morning. If you have any need, please respond as we stand and sing for your encouragement.